listening to Real True Facts, the realest, truest podcast. We are back again this week with an incredibly important episode. My name is Veronica Corningstone. And I am Marvin Hagler. Hey, Marvin. Hello. We uh, we had a little teaser trailer last week for our episode, uh, but this week we are getting all scientific and we are talking about colognes. Yeah, I think it's something that needs to be addressed because uh, I've, after speaking to a lot of people, they're wondering... You know, am I a clone? How would I know? Um, what does it mean? Uh, a lot of kind of existential uh, grief in, in the, the largest sense. So in our keeping with um, public service and helping those in need, uh, we we're doing an episode on clones. I think it's really important to do that. Um, it's a huge question. The first thing when you learn about clones, you think, could I be one? Um, if it's a complete duplicate of yourself running around, what are the chances of you being one? Would you even know that you were one? Yeah. How would I know? What would that mean? Uh, yeah. What would I, yeah. Would I even know? Am I the real deal or am I a copy, a copy of a copy of a copy? You know, maybe that's why yeah. I feel so tired all the time or run down because I'm just, uh, uh, you know, the a third or fourth generation copy and it starts to get a little bit diluted. It's very possible. And we even named a few clones last week. I think we, we talked about um, famous people that were clones like Paul Rudd, Michael Jordan, Gloria Estefan. Those were some people that we uh, deduced that were clones. Yeah, um, uh, the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls, that whole that whole 96 Bulls. Um, they were all clones. And it's fitting because cloning really came around in 1996 with Dolly the Sheep, but uh, we'll, we'll get more into that. But, uh, you know, I, I think before we really go into like the science behind cloning, um, we, we want to know, can we figure out if we are clones? And there's actually a test that you can take. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do it. I'm up for it. I'm you want to do it? Uh, okay. Yeah. I just, as long as I, I'm, I'm nervous. I hope I can handle the results. Yeah, um, I mean, but, uh, so so I took it, and there is a 36% chance that I might be a clone. It's low, and it's not probable, but it's not impossible. Um, right. So okay. before, before you figure out if, if you yourself could be a clone or someone you know could be one, uh, we'll take this test. So um, I'll ask you some questions and just answer honestly. You know, it's, it's the first answer that comes to mind. So, you know, you just whatever your knee jerk is. Okay. Um, so this is based off of the Voight Kampf test for replicants. Okay. Um, this Voight, is actually test. Yes. I'm, yeah. Yeah. This I'm is actually the Voight Kampf Keaton test. Oh boy. All right. I've yeah. I'm I've heard of it, but I've not uh, administered or taken it myself. So yeah. I'm I'm ready. Um, just let me know. Uh, how okay. Answer. All right. So just you know, take a deep breath and and it's whatever happens. It's okay. It's okay. Whatever happens. It's okay. <coughs> There you go. Question number one. You're watching TV. Suddenly you realize there's a wasp on your arm. What do you do? Uh, I I watch it. Okay. Is that an option? I look yeah. at it. Uh, I kind of watch, see what it's doing. Yeah, I'm just, I'm taking all your answers and I'm going to put it into this, um, this database here. It's going to crunch the numbers for us. Okay. Two. You're eating at a restaurant and it's time to tip your server. You take cash out, but a $50 bill falls into the server's hand. You meant to give them $5. What do you do? I take the money back and give them a dirty look. Okay. Right. Say, what do you, why do you think you should get to keep that? Yeah, how dare you? Okay. Number three. Your roommate gives you a strawberry daiquiri and wants to talk about their day. They haven't paid rent in months because they're pursuing an acting career, but you know they had money to buy daiquiri mix. You take a sip. It's good. What do you do? Um, it's it's good. I say, is there an option? Like, I say it's good, but I spit it out in disgust because yep. I'm mad about the, them having money, so the, the flavor is tainted by their dishonesty. Is that is that an option? Yeah, that's the second option. Okay. So here, we'll just, okay. All right. Number four, 
Now and then you think about the car you had as a teenager. It was an unreliable car, but you had good memories, like the time Kyle got really stoned at the driveway and started talking about the universe. I think he moved to Nashville and got married. Do you look him up on Facebook or just leave it? Maybe owning a 99 Volkswagen Jetta again would be fun. What do you do? Um, I don't have any of those memories. I'm, I don't know how to answer. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I don't know a, a Jetta or a Kyle or a, or a Stoned. That's, um, that's actually the fifth option here. Number five. Finally, it's bring your kids to work day. Your child misbehaves and is slapped by the boss. What is your reaction? I laugh. Yeah, who wouldn't? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and hit enter. Okay. Whoa. Are you ready for your results? Yes, yes, I'm ready. So based on this... Mm-hmm. There is a 50% chance you might be a clone. 50. So 50%. Right down the middle, uh, there's as good a chance I am as that I'm not. You see, yeah. So you might be a clone, but you might not be a clone. Okay, I, I can handle that. I feel like I'm uh, exactly where I started. Yeah. Man, I mean, I was at 36%, so it's anybody's game. Wow, um... Okay, yeah, that's that's odd. I don't know what to, what to do with that information. Maybe um, uh, maybe I'll have to take that offline or, or or what? Yeah, I mean, I guess just sit on it, think about it. I mean, that might be something that we could ask Dr. Seymour uh, when he comes up from the science bunker or our uh, special guest today might be able to ask about, uh, you know, higher percentages of, of when you should be worried about if you're actually a clone or not. Right. So speaking of our special guest, we have someone who's uh, been in the field of cloning for a while now. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I mean, she's been a doctor for a very long time, but she gained notoriety in 1996 um, after the first cloning of Dolly the sheep in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, she's Dr. Thelma Hanks from Queensland University. So uh, she worked on that project. She, she has since gone rogue. Um, which Gone makes, rogue. yeah, which makes me think that, uh, she knows some stuff that, you know, maybe people don't want her to know, but, uh, yeah, she's gone I'll rogue have, now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to ask cause I'm not entirely sure what that would mean. Um, that's probably because I'm not very familiar with the, the cloning establishment from, from which one would go rogue. Yeah. Well, from, from what I understand, cloning is a very punk rock kind of thing. So, uh, I think after you know some stuff, the possibility of you going rogue increases. So uh, we'll meet with her later in the show, and we will talk all about uh, the cloning of the sheep, Dolly, and uh, hopefully she can answer some of the uh, burning questions that we have. Okay. So uh, before that, why don't we get a good baseline, a good science foundation from Dr. Seymour? Yes, uh, we will talk to Dr. Seymour. Let's bring him up here from our science bunker. All right, Dr. Seymour, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Welcome. I was going to say welcome. Hello, Veronica. Hey, welcome. I know. Yeah, everybody, welcome. Interviewing maybe went to your head a little bit from last week. <laughs> oh, yes. That, that was quite the experience. I, I enjoyed it. Good. It's a little taste of power. So uh, thank you for coming back. Um, we certainly appreciate your time. So uh, let's get into sort of the nuts and bolts of cloning here. Uh, what exactly does it mean to clone something? Right. Is there a zygote involved? Is that a thing? Yes. It's very good. Very oh, good. Yeah. I, I heard that, so I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, I thought it might be impressive. Yeah. So um, cloning, we're trying to produce an identical copy. Um, we're trying to get the DNA to match up. And yes, um, through a lot of that, there's some different processes there, fragmentation, transfication, screening, stomification. And in the process, we create a zygote, which then um, turns into an embryo and then ultimately is our new, um, is our clone. Okay. So I heard in the, uh, the 70s and 80s, maybe even further back, uh, people talked about test tube babies. Is that is that what that is, or is that similar? What, uh, how do those things uh, connect? Well, a, a test tube baby um, is not a clone. Um, oh, okay. Some of the some of the same processes that we learned in test tube um, motherhood and fatherhood 
allowed us to um, to do cloning later. But um, a test tube baby is still th- the mix of the um, traditional the, okay. the parental um, input from two parents as opposed to going from a single um, DNA source and trying to replicate that. Okay. Okay. I understand. Now, here's my question. If you have one test tube baby, it's not a clone. But what if you have two test tube babies? different tubes but the same kind of tube does that have anything to do with cloning i i i admit i i don't really know much about the subject um it depends it it would be a clone if if the spreading of the dna is um is due to a lack of correct lab procedures of cleanliness etc sometimes uh once once the uh, the embryo is formed, they actually move way more than we expect. They they are a um, a wild little 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 bundle of cells there that can sometimes jump from one one test tube to another. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So, just uh, you may not have the information directly in front of you, but how many uh, then accidental clones might uh, be out there just due to? Um, you know, lab mix-ups or lab mistakes. Uh, how many, I mean, it sounds like we may have more clones out and about than we even realize. Yes, um, it, it is actually very uncommon now. So any of any clone, accidental clones would be, um, it'd be important to, to, to get a good sample size, but they're so unaware of that as a possibility because as you're saying, this goes back to, to test two babies from decades before we were, successfully cloning mammals. Um, so it wasn't even thought of that it could, that someone could be a clone from, from that generation. Wow. So mm-hmm. if you heard of, uh, the, the Facebook guys, the, the Winklevoss twins, I have a sneaking suspicion. They might, uh, one of those two might be a clone. Have, do you have any insight into that? I am unfamiliar with that specific case, but I have found that a lot of people on Facebook will use one another's pictures and that is not cloning. Mm -hmm. So I don't, so let's make sure that that's, that that's not what we're exploring here. Now, do we know, are the Winklevoss twins as good looking in real life as they were in the movie? Yeah, I can, I can actually answer that one. That yes. Um, because in real life they were uh, on the the rowing team, uh, or uh, they call that something uh, more fancy. Yes, they skull skull. The, Scientifically, the, it is the oh, crew. Oh, crew. Oh, crew. Okay. They row crew. Yes. Row crew. Uh, I was going to say one... scullery, but that's like when you drop your dishes off in the in a sink. That's not the right term. Huh. Dishes. Yeah. It, so it, yeah, they. I can. Uh, they are. Um, in fact, more attractive in real life, uh, in my my humble opinion. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, that, that might have something to do with it. Rowing twins. Yeah. Very athletic. Very athletic gentlemen. Well, now they're men because that was a long time right. ago. Right. That was a long time ago. So I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't kept up with them. Uh, I assume they're still handsome. Well, that's, that's interesting to me because, um, you know, it's possible that, that twins could actually be clones. Yeah, I, I think that's much more likely. You know, yeah. I, I, it seems seems odd to me that two babies would pop out looking exactly the same. seems to make a lot more sense if there was one that came out and they said, you know what? We like this one. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's, yeah, let's just, let's just copy this one. Yeah. Like we want to hang on to the, what if we lose one? Yeah, we don't want to roll the dice. Yeah. Or if this one turns out evil, we've got another one we can redo on, but it's a hot baby. You know, what are the odds we get a good looking one again if we script the first one? Sure. Yeah. No one yeah. wants to take those chances. So why yeah. not say yeah. So why don't we take a, a quick break and, and get uh, get into the nitty gritty with our our special guest, uh, uh, rogue yes. clone clonology. I don't even know. Scientists will I guess we'll find that yeah, out. Yeah, a rogue back. rogue yeah, we'll be right back with our rogue doctor Thelma Hayes. So 
we are here on Real True Facts today talking all about the wonderful world of cloning. Uh, with us today is a very special guest. She hails from the Queensland University. Uh, I guess just school or science, she can she can tell us all about that. But uh, her name is Dr. Thelma Hanks. She uh, has worked in cloning. She did the first sheep cloning of Dolly back in 1996 uh, in Edinburgh, Scotland. And she is talking with us today. Uh, Dr. Thelma Hanks, are you here? Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yes. Thank Biomedical researcher would be. Biomedical researcher. I realized when I said Queensland University, I thought, oh, well, I mean, that could have been anything. Well, formally with Queensland. I'm now not associated with with any kind of place um, for legal reasons. Sure. But that was my most recent. I was with Qu- Queensland before I decided to go off the grid as they Yeah. Say. Yeah. When we talked to you uh, prior to coming on the show, you mentioned you, you stressed uh, multiple times that you have mm. gone rogue. Um and that you are still very enthusiastic about your work, but you're you are now rogue. Uh, what what does that mean exactly in the science community when you go rogue? Well, um, as I mentioned, I'm no longer associated with any kind of uh, learning institute or journal or uh, really any organization. Um, all my science and experiments are funded. Um, through myself, I happen to be independently wealthy, thank goodness. So I don't have to. Um, yeah, I don't have to rely on grants or, uh, you know, I, I hate to say this cliche, but, you know, the the man or anyone mm-hmm. to tell me what I can and cannot research and close. Sure. Um, was there a uh, was there a turning point or a, an event that made you go rogue? Was there some? You could say that definitely there was um as you probably know there's been a lot of talk on the ethical and moral reasoning on on whether or not we should clone humans and although as i heard you guys speaking earlier we all we know those of us that seek the truth know that human clones already exist but to do it formally um everyone seemed very very opposed but sure you know, not not me. I knew that it had to happen. Mm-hmm. So, so that was that was the deciding factor as sort of like this this moral and ethical debate. You just said, screw it. I know what I want to do and we're going to cl- keep cloning humans. Yes. Yes. And I want to put it out there. I don't want to keep it a secret anymore. I know a lot of governments, for instance, uh, we had to leave Scotland after cloning Dolly because they didn't want us to open up or, or write or publish anything about the other experiments we were doing. So we moved to Australia. And then, um, yeah, after that, I've just decided to go off the grid entirely. Mm-hmm. Now, are you in Australia now? Or is that I something you can answer? I don't close that, no. Sorry. Sure. Okay. Okay. We respect that here. Um, yeah. And another, I mean, we don't shy away from the ethical quandaries here on Real True Facts. I, I'm having a hard time thinking of what the other side of the argument is. Uh, I mean, why? What, what kind of problems do people have with cloning? I mean, it's easy to say, oh, well, you're playing God. That's uh, it's a platitude you can offer up, but it doesn't really hold much water. What's, what's the, the real um, other side of the argument as, as you've experienced? You know, I think it's also who what you do with the experiment when it's over if it's someone like dolly you can monitor dolly she has a life expectancy of six years which she met um but what do you leave a human clone in a research lab all its life yes is my answer Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you i mean so i i think that's what i have done and they all they all seem very happy Sure, they don't know any better. Why wouldn't they be? Yes. Yeah, thank you. It's almost like a rescue. You know, you think about wild animals that are unable to live in the wild because they lack the skills that would keep them alive. We have rescues and uh, facilities to house and take care of these animals to ensure their safety and survival. So in my mind, that's ultimately what I I think you are doing. Exactly. Like I have several cats. They can leave and come back because they know how to cope not not the humans of course yeah right i mean poor people if you know 
if someone says, oh, well, they'd be happier if they had a lot of money and they could afford, you know, three meals a day in a car or, what, you know, <laughs> clean air, they don't know any better. You know, it's not like they'd be more or less happy. They just don't know what that stuff is. So, you know, there's no reason to like, oh, well, clones deserve the human, human experience. That's not even in their world view. That doesn't exist to them. So why, you know, why should we have to cater to that? Exactly. I, I have let them watch some cable. So they do have some idea that, of what the human existence might be. Sure. Um, they really like sex in the city. So it's a little skewed. Well, who doesn't? I mean, yeah. right? Well, I mean, I, I think about when I was a kid and I'd watch like 90210 and I'd think like, oh man, that's exactly what high school is like. Like, that's what prom is like. I imagine that's what it's like for the clones. They think that what they see on TV is exactly how it is in real life. Right. But they don't know that no one lives a life like Samantha. Sure. Um, True. Yeah. No one can. So how many, how many clones, human clones... Uh, have you made uh, over the years ballpark mm. okay well i started a long time ago um doing uh, in my biomedical research doing something where we just uh, I, you had mentioned earlier can uh twin be created just through cloning mm-hmm. we did that we've done that very often that's something that mm-hmm. we've been doing um since the 30s so and and that's what kind of clone paul red actually is he, oh, I mm-hmm. see. yes so if we include those which i started in about the early 80s hmm. yeah i guess that would be hard to put a number yeah. on i'm thinking how many have you just uh, kind of kept tabs on uh maybe you know maybe that's an easier number like how the many success stories oh, the success stories yeah i'd say I, well i currently have seven okay. with me and yeah, yeah in my lab and do they serve different functions are they you know what are you I, are you monitoring them for different things yeah well i'm making sure that they all have um are true clones, not just their DNA, but their decisions are similar. So I keep them all in separate rooms and I run similar tests on them, how they try to figure out mazes, what kind of jelly they like on their PB&Js. Like, I I need to make sure that these are totally successful and that, um, you know, the study of clones being absolute replicas is really- Yeah. Are these seven copies? So are they all this? Are they all clones? Or are these seven yes, different clones of? Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So there are seven of the same source person, I suppose. True. Yes. Wow. Now I want to ask because then you mentioned a clone like Paul Rudd. You know, he is a famous person. He seems very highly functioning. Um, is that something that you're trying to get your clones to be? Is able to go out in the real world and and come back or, or have their own lives? You know, it's sort of like a, a release. A release program? Tag and release. Um, yeah, tag and release. I, I, you know, I've thought about that. I've toyed with the idea, but we haven't done that yet because I just, I don't know how they would fare. Um, I don't want to name any names, but there is a famous uh, politician that is the, the source for the clone. I mm-hmm. really, when I started, it would be to replace the politician. But now, I don't know. I, that, politician is no longer very active and they're just so cute i kind of just like them here so So, oh go ahead here's a question um maybe going back back to ethics i'm not sure do they know that they are clones um they absolutely do not interesting because i mean i guess it would give you biased results if they you know they're like well i'm a clone so i'm not gonna give her the, you know, tell her what kind of jelly I'm using, or I'm going to tell her, you know, raspberry when I really prefer blueberry. Yeah. So, wow, they don't know. They don't know. The oldest clone helps me take care of the younger clones, because obviously they're not the same age. Sure. Um, But um, that clone does not know that the younger ones are clones. The other ones aren't allowed to see each other. Sure. Wow. So interesting. Do you have, I mean... I'd love to see. I mean, do you have the, are you, I assume you have, you know, cameras and everything everywhere and this is being monitored 24 hours a day, but, um, wow. I just, it's, it's hard not to imagine this being, uh, a, a sitcom or a television show, but because of these are, um, this being a sitcom cause it's really not funny. 
especially how stressful it is for me to keep the six apart. It's, it's very frustrating. Um, a drama then. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What would be the worst thing that could happen if they were all to interact with each other? Um, aside from my studies, uh, my study being pretty much ruined, um, I would say they could all, they could all possibly escape, get out. Um, they do all enjoy to paint. So I'm also worried that they, if they are criticizing each other's paintings, that might really wreck them because mm. I lied and told them all they're very gifted. So yeah. I would you, hate for you. Yeah. You'd end up having like a multiplicity situation where, um, there'd be a lot of overlap and a lot of confusion and, uh, they wouldn't know where the line was, I guess. Is that uh, the cloning term? Multiplicity? Uh, that uh, was the Harold Ramis movie starring Michael Keaton. Oh, Beetlejuice. One, yeah, one of them. Okay, so one. Okay, I'll have to. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Beetle, multiplicity. Harold Ramis. Beetlejuice. I yeah. Make a note of that. Yeah. Because as as we've discussed, uh, Doctor Thelma, a lot of times movies and um works of fiction get it right yes and um you know we we have explored how you know the different things that we've talked about on the show have also been in movies and you know in some cases hollywood gets it right in some cases they don't and in your consumption of media have you found that there are any books tv uh movies that um, realistically portray cloning? You know, not a lot that portray cloning, but um, there is a movie where um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, uh, meets his future self through yes. time travel. Oh, Inception. Mm. That is, um, I believe it, is one of the diehards. Yes. And I feel like okay. that's what it would be like if he were to, I feel like that's what the experience we have in one scenario, a clone has understood that the older version was the same person. And we did mm-hmm. have to terminate that clone, just like in that movie, that clone was terminated. Right. You have to put him down. Like, yes. You know, any other kind of animal that makes that makes complete sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, some might call it sad, but I mean, they're clones. Exactly. I mean, come on, people. They don't have feelings. Thank you. At least. Okay. I was going to say, at least I, 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 <laughs> I, maybe I, should, I should have asked that question, but I mean, it seems pretty obvious yeah. to me. So the real true fact here is that clones do not have feelings. No, no, no. If they could feel and had true human emotion, the painting that my George clones have been doing would be much better than they do. Oh. oh, George? I just... George. We've got a few in history. Well... It's at least two that I can think of. It's not important. Um, I, I, That was just a name that I call them for. Just, okay. Just, just, name, just like, like, like a throw. Like, yeah. sweetie. Yeah. Ex- thank you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I got you. Well, I'm just trying to think of other... I wish I knew more politicians, but I'm drawing blank here. Um, so, you know, we, do you, is one of the tests we, earlier in the show we did, uh, I took this 50-50 kind of, or my results were 50-50. Is this uh, a test that you conduct with your clones, something to, to find out if they're self-aware, or is this, is this a useful test? What are your thoughts? I think it's very useful. I more do it for fun for me to confirm that they're clones, they get very confused um, on those tests. And of course they fail a hundred percent. So I wouldn't be too worried if someone made like a 50, 50 or a 35, like I believe that's what you'll mentioned your school mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when you get to the teens or lower that um, my confirmed, my guys here, they're all scoring zeros. <laughs> oh, okay. So the lower the percentage is, the more likely you are to be a clone. Oh, yeah. It's your human percentage. Oh, human percentage. Got it. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. 
No, it's fine. It's okay. You had to find out at some point. Where were you I born? mean, where was I born? Not just out of curiosity. Oh, I'm, well, we've talked about it on the show. I was born in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, West Virginia, interesting. Interesting. We should, uh, should I be worried about that? I, is it something to worry about? No. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend time worrying, especially. Okay. That would just be a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a waste of time, I think, if if you're worried about something like that. Yeah. So, uh, Doctor Thelma, we've talked a little bit about what projects you have been working on, and it seems like your um, Seven Clones is sort of an ongoing thing. Is there anything that you're working on now that you're particularly excited about or, or new things? I know you mentioned you're independently wealthy, so you might have um, more resources avail- available to you to do other things. Um, are there other projects you're um, pursuing right now? Well, uh, there wasn't any big projects. Um, I just like to do a lot of weird cloning, and I say weird because... Uh, they're not necessarily useful like everyone knows or i'm sorry most genetic geneticists and biomedicalists like myself know that all mice every uh birth of mice they're all identical in in their genes so cloning them would be ridiculous i like to do that (laughs) it's a fun joke right thank you yeah yeah i see it as like a like practice you know like shooting uh shooting uh, hoops repetitively and not necessarily against another human. Yes, like famous clone Michael Jordan. Yes. Oh, well, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Um, uh, I, I've been doing that. Um, I also, um, I'm independently wealthy. I'm from a, a family, a long line of, uh, it's, they're in the entertainment industry. So I think um, uh, that idea, Marvin, that you had about a drama about my life experience there. That's very compelling. That's something I should really be thinking about. Mm. Um, I, other than that... My, my gears are turning. Yeah. <laughs> other than that, what would you? What were you going to say? Oh, I'm sorry. Other than that, um, I just like to write some opinion pieces for the Huffington Post, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've had a few uh, skilled essayists on the show before. I think that's something that is very important for experts in their field to ultimately do is to uh, write about their experiences and and get their opinions and work out there to as many people as possible. That's one of the reasons why we do this show. Uh, it is our public service to the world to be able to bring them actual real true facts. And I really thank you. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't want to know the truth, it seems. And I really appreciate people like you that like to get the word out there. Yeah, you, you have to be able to write to, to get published. I think, uh, I think we've kind of learned that. Um, why don't we take a quick break and uh, be right back with more Dr. Thelma Hanks, and we are discussing cloning. back from our break on Real True Facts. We are talking today about cloning. With us we have uh, Dr. Thelma Hanks. She is a uh, cloning scientist. Uh, She's got multiple different titles here, but notably she is a rogue scientist. Uh, She is kind of at the forefront of human cloning, uh, which is something that I think the science community has frowned upon, but uh, we've kind of deducted here that there really is no ethical argument. Um, I'd like to bring back Dr. Seymour, and maybe we can have sort of a scientific conversation about where the two of them see where uh, the, where cloning is going in the future. Uh, we talk a lot about on the show uh, evolution and missing links, and I know Dr. Seymour is very well versed in uh, human matters and uh, science, biology matters. Um, if we could, Dr. Seymour, start a dialogue about uh, the future of human cloning and, and maybe what the benefits of that are and kind of where we see mankind going. Uh, I think that'd be wonderful. So I'll open that up to you, Dr. Seymour. There's been, um, throughout the throughout the cloning process, we know there's, there's a couple different ways that this um, 
has happened. I assume with the, the human clones, are you doing um, a, a nuclear transfer or is there some other method that seems to be more more helpful for, for the human species? Um, the, the nuclear transfer has been successful. My first drawer, my clone, my first clone um, was done that way. Um, but I have found that, well, I created this, uh, I call it a pool. Um, I don't know if you've seen Westworld. Yes, I have. Yes. So it's kind of like that, where we get a sample of the DNA, the embryonic DNA from a previous clone. um, And then I can put it into this machine that can then replicate the womb. um, So then we don't have to have it a biological womb. And it's kind of built Mm -hmm. like, you know, a 3D printer, but with biology. Oh, wow. Wow. So let me throw this out to both of you. Is it possible to maybe to input uh, different traits you might want and it spits out, uh, you know, maybe this is a little bit past cloning and kind of making your own, uh, you know, like a Build-A-Bear with humans, but um, where you can, you know, kind of input, hey, I want, uh, you know, a, a brunette kid with two, um, you know, and really smart but not so smart that they would you know be alienated is that well, possible are you guys noodling with that at all um i, I think we we have that's a, another discussion that people like to pretend is an ethical dilemma which yeah. once again i don't i don't understand that like well we can make something better why don't we um uh but in the tradi- my understanding in the traditional sense of cloning that would would not we would not be creating clones in that sense because we'd be making something specific different and better but uh dr hanks does that that's where do you well relative to cloning yeah that's absolutely accurate yes cloning is when you have the exact replica of the dna what you're talking about is um geneticists where you alter the dna and i am very up for that i think that is um a great choice uh for and i think that's definitely the direction we're going in because not a lot of people know that our dna contains every human trait it's just the ones that are prominent that we see in ourselves so we can actually tap into we can make you know any your, your feet very big or very small that's all in there or any other change in your physical attributes it's it's already inside your genome so um, right and i would think you would be in the best position because um you know you could uh, just change um one thing at a time kind of isolate it you know you create your clone and you're like you know after you spend a little time with the clone you say oh man i really wish this clone um, were two inches taller, you know, or had were a size eleven instead of a size nine, and so he could go in and tinker with the next one and, and turn that switch on or off, um, and then spit that one out and see, you know, you know, see what your results are, see how you like it, better, worse, about the same. You know, I actually did tinker with one, but the results were a little outrageous. So I. I decided to stop. I think it might just be with this sample pool that I have, but um, with my second uh, clone, I made the foot size bigger, which I didn't realize would have significance in the size of uh, other biological parts. Yeah. Big eyebrows. I hate that. Uh, Yeah. No. Eyebrows are just and just the confidence level of that clone. Yeah, was um, was so much different than the other. A lot of nagging, I would imagine. Yeah, really, really rude. Um, yeah, hurtful and hateful. I would say. Sure, sure. Um, I'll pose this question to Dr. Seymour and Dr. Thelma. Uh, human cloning is this the key to immortality? Um. I would say that it is not in that these clones, though they are the same with DNA, they you they don't have your experiences. Sure. So 
you know, they might be nicer than say the original clone subject. Maybe the kind eyes are still the same. So without say the power and the bad decisions in the past of its source subject, you might grow to love a clone of maybe someone who wasn't great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are so, we, oh, sorry. Um, I, are, are we heading to a place where we can potentially download personalities into a clone? Or is that still far off? Dr. Timor? Um, um, I think that would be, there's a lot of, um, of research that, that would need to go in that, where we would intersect the way we store information, the way we transmit information. Um, there's obviously a lot happening with how, how we, how people's thoughts, minds, memories, experiences are being controlled. I mean, even social media is, is the primary function of that is to, to help shape your memory in a, in a certain way. But we only know how that's impacting individuals during their normal life. So a lot more research, I think, would have to would have to be some crossover between that and, and how it connects with a clone like um, Dr. Hanks is working with. Can we ex- can we without allowing the clone to know it's a clone um, experience the the life of its um, its previous host, if you will, um, to continue to live on. That's gonna. There's a lot of questions still. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. One thing I, I'm interested to hear, um, Dr. Hanks, with with her mm-hmm. process, technology, and experiences here. One of the the things with animal clones. Um, that a lot of people are excited to do. Once again, everyone's worried about playing God, doing this and that, but people are excited as we start to look at endangered species, um, helping them recover. Uh, And we've even um, taken small steps towards extinct, recently extinct species, trying to um, clone those. Would it be possible to clone or what DNA would we need from a deceased human? How live would that DNA need to be to, uh, to clone them? I'm sorry, I um, I think you cut out just a little bit, but the the last sentence there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I was saying, yeah, in the bunker sometimes we we have some audio issues, mm-hmm. so I was saying if we were looking at a deceased human being and we wanted to clone them, um, is that possible? What DNA, how, how, how far in the past would we be able to go? As long as there is still flesh, human flesh, as long as they've not totally, you know, turned into skeletal remains, I, I think that we're working on technology that can really get us there. Currently, in my experience with the mice, it, it only lasts about um, about a, a frozen specimen that's about two months old. It's the oldest that I've been able to do. But um, I think as research progresses, we could be cloning, you know, Shakespeare, and certainly that frozen head of Walt Disney. Um, certainly, a very. I mean, that that would probably be one of the first the first specimens we go to because it's been conserved so well. So I would say, um, yeah, definitely the Disney family would be among the first that we'd go to. And I, I think within the decade, we'll be seeing that. And if we, another um, group known for preser- preserving the dead very well was um, ancient Egyptians. Do you think that there's any hope we could bring back um, a Pharaoh or a, a Cleopatra? I think we could. Cleopatra sounds like a really exciting idea. I feel like that would be a really interesting and some good, um, you know, the pharaohs. I, I've heard they were real dicks, so I'm not sure. I know what it's like to live with a dick clone, so I'm not sure <laughs> if that's something that we'd want to move forward with. Just uh, that's where the ethical line is drawn for me. 
Well, if we're not, if we're just doing physical clones uh, and they don't have their uh, any of the memories, maybe we could take this opportunity mm. to make uh, use a, the, the same human that was a pharaoh and turn him into a you know a good uh, gardener, you know, or, or someone who's more humble. That would be great. Someone who does their own labor, I think. Um, yeah, why not? Maybe use cloning for a little, um, a little vengeance, or a, mm. you know, a little, uh, yeah. Vengeance would be great. Yes, I am of uh, Jewish descent, so cloning a pharaoh, I think, is what is making me feel a little trepidatious there. Um, but uh, I do like this idea of, of vengeance cloning. Um, I'm going to credit you, uh, Marvin, with with that idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't really need the, the credit, but I would like to see some spite, spiteful cloning, cloning out of spite. Um, if the technology is there, if we have the ability... I don't see why not. It seems like as good a reason as uh, pushing the boundaries of science or medicine or, you know, human helping out humans and curing illnesses, blah, 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 blah. blah. I think it would be good for the economy, too. I mean, who wouldn't want to see someone terrible get their comeuppance? Right. That would, I, yeah, surely it would it's be the economy. Yeah. Right. It would be, yeah. Stock market would shoot up with some uh, vengeful spike cloning. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Maybe I'll start this research using people in my own life. Mm-hmm. That's a great. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll leave the, that part to you. I'm I'm no expert. I, yeah. you know, I just. Uh, yeah. Now I'll pivot a little bit um, because we mentioned uh, animal cloning as well, and you've you've done the work with the mice. Um, on previous shows, we did talk to an expert in Bigfoot. We talked to Ranger Steve Littles, and uh, he posed the question of, of perhaps even cloning Bigfoot because we are actually down to our last two Bigfoots. Um, they might have hundreds to thousands of years left in their life, but when they're gone, they're gone. And uh, we mentioned potentially cloning the Bigfoot. He had some moral and ethical hangups, which as we've uh, proven today there really isn't any reason to have that um as far as conservation goes uh dr thelma do you see any merit in cloning something like the bigfoot or is this one of those um instances where when it's done it should just be done if i can get a hold on a sasquatch or a bigfoot i would love to clone them during my time in scotland i actually tried to also locate uh the loch ness monster um so that i could do the same actually but uh, were you able to find it i was not able i i saw her at one point but i was not able to get a sample regrettably sure. um several pictures that i actually have framed around my house that are gorgeous but um is she as large as she seems um, she's about the length of a school bus. Okay. Yeah. Is that uh, an American um, school yes, bus or a European school an bus? An American school bus. Yes, I was raised oh, okay. in America. But uh, when I was in Scotland, I had to tell people she was the size of um, uh, half a quarter of a football field. Mm. And football Which meaning, actually? of course, soccer. Soccer. <laughs> I have a soccer field, sure. Now, speaking of animals, I, I it's been crawling around in the back of my brain. Uh, Jurassic Park, um, you know, can we do that? Should we do that? Um, and by should, I mean, is it worth the trouble? If we if we are able to find some preserved DNA, like an amber, I think we should definitely do it. But um, should we do it? Um, well, life does find a way, and I'm not sure. Um, that's what we like to say in the scientific community. And I f- worry that similar things could happen, but I would love to go to a theme park with dinosaurs personally. Right. So, yeah. It seems like a great idea. And so it sounds, what you're saying is that the big, the big holdup is really just getting the, those good DNA samples because once we get one or two, we could maybe kick in the, your cloning science and uh, noodle around with it a bit. Definitely. Yeah. All we need are those samples. And I, I would lie if uh, I told you I hadn't tried, <laughs> but um, so far I haven't found any, any good DNA, um, which, mm, sure. yeah, which is rough, but um, you know, it, I'm sure it'll happen some point. We, we've got to find it. We have the islands mm-hmm. um, already purchased. I have a, 
So I'm, I'm actually on a board trying to make that happen for you, Dr. Marvin. I'm sorry. Are you not a doctor? No, I just act like it. I'm sorry. Oh. I, 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 I get that a lot. I get that a lot. I'm uh, yeah, I have Mr. Mr. Marvin Hagler. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Your voice just had the gravitas of a doctor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do get that a lot. Uh, so in the same sense is that we will probably see humans on Mars within our lifetime. In our lifetimes, do you think we would see a real life Jurassic Park? Um, I, I'm hoping so. I have a lot of money tied up in it, so I'm sure. I really hope so. I, it's definitely possible. But it, could, it could have a big return for you. Um, to have such a large investment. It, yes. Yes. It and I, yeah, I don't see any better reason to do it than uh, a substantial profit. Well, also emotional profit. I, I've put a lot into this. So, um, it would be a monetary and emotional. Oh, okay. um, emotional. Well, I've just, I've really put a lot into it. And um, the idea it's thrilling to someone from the scientific community. I'm sure Dr. Seymour can agree. The opportunity to see some prehistoric animals brought back is just overwhelming. Wow. I want to talk a little bit about the emotional aspect of it because we have you dedicating your life to this work. And I am sure the decision to go rogue was not one that you made lightly. Do you have any support remaining from the scientific community uh, regarding your research? Or are you just completely going at this on your own? I do have the, it's pretty much on my own. I have a couple interns, but other than that, I don't have any major backing, formal or not from, you know, any prestigious or not uh, community of scientists. So I, I feel like there are people like me out there um, in other places, we're all spread out. Um, I don't want to say too much about them, um, but uh, we do write each other letters and do FaceTimes. So I feel very supported emotionally that way. Um, however, here it's just me, a few interns, turns, I'm sorry, and uh, sound like a real George just then. <laughs> but um, yeah, I. Uh, it does get lonely, but I'm very dedicated. And, you know, if I can make myself laugh, like with a mice joke or, you know, have a nice clone burger. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I wasn't sure if this was brought up earlier. Were you guys aware that all of McDonald's burgers are from one clone? I would say cow, but I don't know if what they use is actually beef. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a beef. It was a beef. Mm-hmm. Okay. Originally, I, I originally a beef. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Deborah, the cow. It's been about a decade now, but every single so you you don't have to feel bad when you're eating a McDonald's because oh. it's all just science. It's a mouthful of science. Mouthful of science in every bite. Mm-hmm. So. And I think uh, after meeting with you here on our show, I, I'm less concerned about you being rogue. It seems like it's the best way for you to get your work done. You know, uh, there's so much less red tape. Um, you know, a, a, a giraffe is a horse made by committee. And so, you know, you're able to you know, not have a, a committee and end up with some sort of long necked creature. You can just make that horse. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Being uh, independently wealthy is really great. Now, if you had an educational institution or a scientific institution, come to you, say, this is a place like Fermilab, um, if they came to you and said, we were wrong, come join us, here's a facility, here's some money, would you a- attend somewhere like that? Would you, would you rely on these outside sources or would you continue to do your research independently? Um, you know, I don't like being told what to do. And now that I've gone independent, I feel like I... I feel like one of my clones would feel if it were to, you know, watch another cable channel that wasn't HBO, I'd feel like, you know, restricted again, because before I was like one of my clones, just watching HBO, never leaving my room. Uh, But now that I'm out, I can flip through any channel I want, I can go anywhere I want. And I, I really, 
I feel like a whole new woman. And I am just, again, really grateful that um, I had some very wise, uh, grand, I had a very wise grandfather that has put me in a position where I can do pretty much whatever the fuck I want um, without having to worry about money. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, showtime's okay sometimes. Yeah, on occasion. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. So um, before we wrap things up, we'll take a quick break, um, and then when we come back, we'll we'll, we'll finish up. And uh, uh, Veronica, do we have any uh, viewer or listener mail this week? Uh, yes, we do have uh, one email today, so we will we'll open up our our modest mailbag uh, towards the end of the show. Okay, so maybe we'll take a, a final break and then uh, and wrap things up. break on real true facts uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap up cloning here i think we've learned a lot of great things uh from dr thalma hanks and uh more from our contributing scientist dr seymour uh it looks like we've got some really wonderful things in the future for uh cloning and for humankind so uh, i will say thank you to dr thalma uh dr thalma is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with um you know just eat mcdonald's it's really it's really good for you um, it's good for science and maybe not for your body, but it's good for the, for, for science in general. And, um, I just want to thank you guys for being, uh, so open-minded and to really care about the truth, which so many people just want to hear what they want. And I, I'm really happy to, to know you guys and to, that, to know that there's a community like you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again. And please keep us updated with all your ongoing experiments. Will do. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Thelma. And uh, thank you to Dr. Seymour as well. Uh, Dr. Seymour, any parting thoughts uh, for our listeners today? No, I'm just excited. Um, I'm always happy to share what I know, but I'm equally excited to to learn from those around me. So definitely the future is bright. Yeah. Great. And how about that mailbag, Veronica? How about it? Uh, We do have one email today. Uh, It is from the same person who last week said, please don't respond. Um, They say, why didn't you respond to me? In all caps, lizard people are real and they live under the streets of Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Interesting. Uh, That's one theory. Um, You know, I think we'll have we may have to get to the bottom of that to confirm or um, uh, deny or confirm. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we can't deny or confirm. Um, also, all caps, you said don't respond to you, so we didn't. Uh, we don't respond to any of our emails, but if you would like to send us an email, anyone out there, you can do so at realtruefactsmail at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at realtruefactsgram. Uh, just uh, at realtruefactsgram at Instagram. Uh, but but yes, um anonymous person lizard people are real and they live under the streets of los angeles i think that might be something definitely worth um talking about next week since they they took the chance to uh uh, write us again about it yeah that has uh, a lot of mystery behind it and i I think uh you know we if we're not doing uh, the service for everyone at least for this one person If, if this one person's in trouble that means uh you know there are many more out there who may not be able to contact us. So we owe it to them as well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, So yeah, we will tackle the um, idea of lizard people, Uh, I guess, specifically ones that uh, live under Los Angeles. Right. Um, I I believe they live uh, towards, you know, deeper into the earth, but we'll we'll get into that. So yeah, maybe they're coming up. Right. Um, And also remember to leave us a review on Podbean, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, follow and leave a review and uh, link uh, link the show to your friends. Yes, uh, when you tell your friends, it gets our message out to more people, helps us do our job better, and uh, you know brings us back week after week to talk to all of you wonderful listeners. So we'd like to thank uh, Doctor. Th- uh, I'm sorry. 
So we'd like to thank Dr. Thelma Hanks uh, from Queensland University and also, and I guess just wherever she is now doing her independent research on cloning. Uh, thanks again to Dr. Seymour for joining us. And uh, thank you again to all you listeners out there that keep coming back week after week. We can't do this show without you. So like we said, send us an email, follow us on Instagram or on YouTube as well. Uh, you can listen to the show there. You know, leave a comment. We always love that. And uh, keep questioning your world because just because you read about it or hear about it doesn't mean it's true. We'll be back next week talking about lizard people. Thanks again.